Welcome to episode 291 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 291 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles, but it is the best of the year time, and to be honest, Coach John Newsom isn't sitting next to me right now, and what we normally do at this time of year is that around the end of the year, we kind of put it on Facebook, you know, well, before I start, I should probably say that I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii, the world's most tastiest and delicious coffee, so make sure you get order some of that stuff. Athlinks.com, social networking for endurance athletes, great place to put your tracking of your results and all that good work. And then lastly, we have Extreme Endurance, your lactic buffer that helps you become a faster, more efficient athlete. But anyway... Going back to my key points, so normally what we do is at the end of the year, we put out an end of the year show, and, and it's, a, it's basically a way that John and I can get two weeks off because we, you know, we've gone coming up six years, and we've never, ever missed a show, and so what we do is kind of, we put out the show, and we kind of go to you guys, well, what do you want? Who do you want to have us to, to repeat the interviews for this year? And so, and then what happens is, is on holiday, I just quickly upload the show, and it's all good, and it's happy families, and it keeps me and John in that feeling that we've never had a week where we haven't put out a show. So, last week... On after the podcast, I went on, did the website, and then I jumped on our Facebook page, and I put up there, you know, who do you guys want to listen to straight away? Well, how, you know, who do you want us to put on the shows and the two weeks over when we repeat, you know, the best interviews of the year? And and again, normally you guys come on and say we want you to do this, but this year, Helltel ruined it for me because he comes on and his first post was. Why can't we just listen to the shows from iTunes? You know, they're already downloaded. Why don't we do that? And then Mike Scott came on and said, I agree with Hal. And then Dave Manley did agree with Hal. And basically everyone just agreed with Hal. The problem is we want to, we want to keep our record up. We've gone basically nearly six years releasing a show every week. And I know this is the easy way out. So we're releasing shows. But I kind of thought to myself, well, Hal, you know, deep down it hurts my feelings, but I deep down I know you're right. So I thought, well, what could I do to release a show this week? Or these two weeks over the Christmas period that can make, you know, not be interviews that you can just listen to that you've already downloaded from iTunes in the past. And that's where my little head got spinning. And I thought to myself, well, I do do another podcast that I know a few of you guys listen to, but a lot of the guys who listen to I Am Talk probably don't listen to Fitness Behaviour. So what I'm going to do this month, this over the next two weeks, I'm going to release two of my fitness behavior podcast shows. Now, these go for about 30 to 40 minutes. They're not very long shows. And, um, and to be honest, I'll probably just release the main content from each of those shows. So it's not a huge amount of content, probably around 30, 40 minutes for a show for each week. So for the next two weeks, you'll get a fitness behavior show based on uh, probably the shows that I look at and think that Ironman triathletes will get most value from. And I'm actually looking at my list of shows for fitness behavior right now, and it'll be something that I think you might may get some value from. So anywho, um, so what I'll do is I'll put those up over the next couple of weeks. And then again, if you've, you don't want to listen to them, that's cool, but then we've kept our record up and that's what's key to John and I right now. The other thing I do want to let you guys know about is that we do have the next edition of Fitness, no sorry, not Fitness Behaviour, Legends of Triathlon coming out on the 1st of January 2012. Now this month's interview we have Erin Baker, Scott Molina's wife and, and you know don't even really need to mention Scott within this because she is a true legend of the sport and I think John and I were talking about this last week but 
She raced in 121 races as a professional triathlete, and she won 104 of those races. So it's pretty much an 80% winning chance in every race that she ever did. And the phenomenal thing about Erin was that she just didn't win in one distance. She won pretty much every distance she did. So, and and she's a, we we did the interviews a couple weeks ago, and um, just a great interview. She's so upfront. She doesn't really beat around the bush at all. So. Check out Legends of the Triathlon on the 1st of December. And again, like always in Legends of Triathlon, Blue 70 have been really great because they help they actually give us some product that we can put on eBay to actually sell on eBay. So you can go on the Legends of the Triathlon website on the 1st of January and you can look at the stuff that they've given us this month to actually auction off and, you know, go and get some cool gear from Blue 70. So that's all good. So anyway, I'm going to put in, I'm just deciding which one I should put in right now. I think I'm putting the Action Triggers show. So I'm going to chuck that on right now and uh, you guys can have a listen to one of my Fitness Behaviour podcasts. I suppose actually before I put it on, if you listen to the Fitness Behaviour podcast and enjoy it, um, there's a couple of ways you can get it. You can go to iTunes and just do a search for Fitness Behaviour. Right now, I think I'm pretty much well, in a lot of countries around the world, I'm the number one fitness podcast and health podcast. So it's it's going so, so well. So it's really awesome. Um, so iTunes is one option. And also, if you just want to go to my website, where I also do a lot of writing on fitness. So you may want to check that out. And you go to bevanjamesisles.com. Anyway, we hope you had a great Christmas. And this week, I'm recording this before Christmas, but I'm imagining that you're planning for New Year's. So you party hard and we'll see you soon. Here's a... Uh, the, the episode of Fitness Behaviour. I suppose I should probably just get straight into this month's show. It's on a topic that's uh, something I've been working on a lot within myself lately, and I think, uh, actually I will talk about this before I talk about the show. It's one thing, uh, after I was talking to a guy I coached the other day, and I was saying how one of the downfalls of being in this position of, of being a content creator is that People often assume that you're really good at nailing this stuff yourself, and and I, maybe I'm better than a lot of people out there, but I'm definitely no master of this stuff, and a lot of the, the education I'm bringing to you guys is really stuff I'm figuring out myself and implementing in my own life. Some of it's stuff I've done for years, and some of it's stuff I'm just more introducing to my life right now, and uh, I remember I met a friend of mine called Andreas when I was over in uh, Taipei a few months ago, and he listens to the podcast, and he's a really big fan of what I'm doing, and and I think, in a way, he was expecting me to be perfect all the time. And, and I, 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 one thing I suppose if I get any message through this podcast is that no one's going to be perfect. Perfect isn't the goal. You know, it really isn't. It's more just about finding a way that works better for you in your life. And that's not something that you're going to be able to duplicate with every person. And I've really tried to deliver this show from that place that it's just about you figuring your own shit out and, you know, figure that out for yourself. And I'm just giving you some tools that maybe can help you work around that. And so... Um, you know, as, you know. I imagine some people listen to this and think, "Well, you know, it's easy for Bevan to do, or it's, you know, it's, this is way too hard." And you know, I had my struggle days as well. And I think the key thing to remember is that you know what, your life's a journey, and you're going to have your good days and your bad days. But the more you can learn some skills around what we, you know, some of the skills I introduce here and in, from other areas of your life, the more you can figure out the way that you can be successful in your life. And I'm a big believer that. That is not something that you can duplicate with anybody else because what is key to your life cannot be key to my life. We're completely different people. And so while the tools can go across all the different ranges, how it works for you is completely different things. So, and the, and the show I do today is really interesting because 
um, some of these things I've kind of partially done for a long time, but I've introduced them more recently into a probably a more conscious way, and I'm finding it to be really, really effective. So uh, you can check it out now. I'm going to put some music on, and uh, let's rock on to this month's show. In doing my research for this month's show, I uh, there's some kind of concepts I want to introduce to you guys, which you'll kind of get as the minutes go by. But I was doing some research into how many thoughts we have in a day. And, and you know, like, how can you really measure that? But some numbers that kind of threw up around the internet, you know, on those kind of websites like Yahoo Answers, which are probably not that accurate. But, you know, some ideas that came up was, you know, we have around three thoughts a minute or, or around 3,000 thoughts a day. Now, to me, that does seem a little bit short, but maybe I think too much. But... You know, it was interesting just to listen to or to look out there and to see, you know, how many thoughts people think we have each day. And it reminded me of a a book or a podcast that I was listening to. I can't remember if it was a book or a podcast, but that I was listening to a while ago. And I was saying in this podcast that our thoughts from today, from yesterday to today, are pretty much all the same. That you know, we really don't have that many new thoughts in our day. Our thoughts are really just kind of our habits and our repeat patterns and our mind pattern going from day to day. And I suppose when you think about it, there is some truth to that. You know, that when you wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off, you probably have a pattern of behaviours that you sit in every single day of your life. Look at yourself, for example. Let's say your alarm goes off in the morning or, or you wake up in the morning. You know, what is the first thing you tend to do most days? Then once you get out of bed, what do you do? You know, do you get up and spend some time with the family or do you have a shower and then you know, brush your teeth and then, you know, get ready for work, drive to work, get to work, set your computer up, have a coffee. All these kind of habits and thoughts that we have in our day tend to be repeated continuously ongoing. And in and, and this podcast I was listening to, they're kind of saying, really, not, we most of our, our habits and behaviors and thoughts every day are just repeat patterns that we're doing over and over again. And one of the reasons this is actually really important is that to change mental behaviours, it actually is quite a, a demanding thing on your mind, quite a, I don't know if stressful is the right word, but quite a fatiguing thing on your mind. So if you had to continuously, day to day, have to create new thoughts all day long, you'd just burn out. Imagine imagine waking up in the morning not knowing what the next thing you had to do. You had to create a new day every day. You know, you would get out of bed differently. You'd, you'd, you know, have breakfast before and you'd have to create a new breakfast, not the same cereal that you have every day. And then you have to find a new toothpaste or a new way to brush your teeth. You have to find a new answer to every solution you have in your life right now. That would be really, really hard. So it's partly why, that you know, that is partly why we do have this kind of system of thoughts, which are really just repeat patterns day in, day out. But what's interesting is when you look deeper into your thoughts, is that often one thought then triggers on the next thought. For example, thought A will trigger thought B, which would then trigger thought C. Uh, let me think of an example of this. Um, you turn up to work in the morning, and the first thing you do is turn on your computer. The next thought you have is, okay, well, the computer's warming up, so I'll go have my hot drink. So you go put on the jug, you talk to your workmates while your hot drink is getting up. You kind of get comfortable, you get your hot drink made, you sit back, and before you start work, your next thought is, okay, I'm going to check my favourite websites for the day. 
you check your favorite websites for the day you may be a list of websites you may even have a list of websites that you go through so you might go yahoo.com and then once you've checked that one you might check a financial website and then you might check you know your latest ESPN or sports website then after that there'll be another thought pattern you have you might have to make sure your desk is tidy before you start working and so on and often if you have this habit of having those things all in place that is a habit that you have every morning so when you will turn up to work the next day first thing you do is once you push that computer your next thought becomes oh I need to make that hot drink then once you've made the hot drink you then your next thought becomes oh I need to check my websites if that A triggers B triggers C, A, turn on a computer, triggers B, make a hot drink, triggers C, I need to check my websites. And this is partly how the mind works and when it comes to action triggers or triggering the next thought. In that one of the reasons our daily habits are so easy on us mentally is that it's almost like one thought is installing the next behavior in place. The thing is, these these actions, and, and the term that's used is action triggers, or um, there's another one I, I can't recall right now, but actually I'll call them action triggers. Uh, there's a book called Switch um, from Dan and uh, the Heath brothers, and they talk a little bit about this, but there's also a guy called Peter Gulwitzer. I'm not very good with last names, so Gulwitzer, um, and he's done a lot of research on this stuff, and if, I'll put some links to the show notes on his work because there's some really good reading on there, but he really talks of the concept of action triggers as well. And the thing about action triggers is they don't determine if your behaviours are good or bad behaviours. The ABC pattern doesn't, you know, they don't know if it's a positive behaviour or not. They just instantly, the mind will just instantly come up with the next thought. So what does that mean for you? Well, you need to start to become aware of what your action triggers are, what your next thought in the process is. And then you need to be able to think, well, is that moving me towards behaviours that I want in my life? Or is that moving me you know, towards behaviours that I don't want in my life? I'll give you a personal example of um, how an action trigger happened in my life that brought in a behaviour that I didn't necessarily want in my life. So um, I go shopping more most weeks you know, <laughs> to get my food. I go to the supermarket to buy my food. And a while ago when I was shopping, I was really hungry. I think I'd exercised lots that day, and I, and I was just really hungry. And I got to the end of my shop, and they have one of those pick-and-mix areas, you know, at the supermarket where you can grab different, you know, types of kind of picky foods and put them in bags and... And I was walking past the pick and mix area, which was really close to the checkout, and they had some cashew nuts there. And I thought, well, cashew nuts are kind of not the best snack to have, but it's not, you know, I'll get some cashew nuts to have, you know, while I'm packing my groceries and then heading home in the car. The next week, I same, I'd done a lot of training that day, and so the same kind of thought started to come up. And again, I bought the cashew nuts and went home. What was interesting is the three weeks after the first week was I went shopping again, but this time I'd actually eaten before I'd gone shopping. So I'd actually, I wasn't actually hungry leading into the shopping. But my thoughts had changed and I'd created an action of an action trigger of thoughts that then led to me wanting cashew nuts. So I was walking around the supermarket and then when I came up to the checkout, I, my instant B thought, so checkout was go to checkout, my instant B thought was to grab cashew nuts, and I did. I went and grabbed cashew nuts, and then went and paid for my food, and, and went and ate my cashew nuts and drove home. Suddenly, I created a an action trigger chain of events, basically, that when I'm shopping, and at the end of the shop, when I get to the checkout, the, the next thought will be, let's get cashew nuts. 
Now, is it was it a good behaviour for me or, or not? Well, you know, sometimes grabbing cashew nuts when I was really hungry and when I trained a lot, that's actually an okay thing to do. But sometimes I don't need the cashew nuts. But in the habit, in that moment, my mind just went with the next thought in the pattern. That my action trigger became, in a really short period of time, that's what I found really fascinating, became, you know, go to cashew nuts. And what was interesting, like I was saying before, my action triggers, the chain of thoughts that I have, didn't consider the health or, or if I actually needed the food. It didn't consider, you know, originally when I bought the cashew nuts, it was because I was really hungry because I'd done a lot of training. Whereas now, just because I had a chain of thoughts in line, these action triggers, it wasn't even considering if I was hungry. It was just, that's the next thought that's going to pop up in my head. Think about yourself. Think about all the times, and I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're probably starting to become aware of when you're doing this. I know for myself, um, there was a period of time when I was biking home from the gym and I just started suddenly stopping in at the dairy every time. And I created, and these action triggers can happen so quickly. And I created this action trigger of just stopping at the dairy and getting a little bit of junk food on the way home from the gym. And then what happened was, as I'd get on my bike at the gym, I'd instantly start thinking about stopping at the dairy. Because getting on the bike at the gym was then action A, my next action B thought was to go to the dairy. I'm, I'm sure as you're listening to this, you actually can probably look at your own thought patterns and kind of see how these action triggers work, how, you know, at certain times in your life you have this behavior that you have and then instantly the next thought pops up in your mind. And then once you've had that thought, the next thought pops up in your mind. So what, would, what can we use with this? What can we do with this knowledge to help us improve, you know, our behaviors and it's going to move us in a direction that we want to go with? I've got to talk of an interesting study that uh, Peter Goldwitzer did um, around action triggers and to see, you know, if they could be effective in changing behaviours. And, and first of all, what he did is he gave um, students this this kind of fun, easy way to get a credit, basically. So he said, look, if you can write an essay about what you did on Christmas Eve and turn it into me on the 25th of December, so obviously the next day, I will give you a free credit towards your end of the year result. When he did it, only 33% of the, the students actually turned in, you know, a really easy credit just to write up a report about what you did on the day before Christmas. So I suppose 33% would be what most people would kind of assume, what, you know, the kind of turn rate that would work in that situation. But what Peter was interested in was could they then train students to actually put action triggers in place so that they could be more successful in getting kids to turn in papers in these types of situations. So then the next time they did it, what they did is they actually got the students to write down a set of action triggers before they went home you know, and had the opportunity to do the study. So I don't know exactly what action triggers they made them, but they may have said, okay, when I get home, the first thing I do is I'll grab my pen and paper and sit at my desk. Then what I'll do is I'll do a brainstorm of all the things I've done. Then what I'll do is I'll write my paper. Then what I'll do is I'll spell check it. Then what I'll do is I'll hand it in. So they planned a set of action triggers, their A, B, C, and D thoughts, based on what they were trying to achieve. When they did it the second time, 75% of the students who were using the action triggers that they had put in place handed in the, pre- the paper and got the easy credit. So there was about a 50% increase in the amount of success in this little study that he put together just based on the fact that they had pre-planned their action triggers. That no longer had the action triggers just been a subconscious thought that had just been something you'd done day in, day out, that suddenly they had chosen what the next pattern will be 
in the next chain of thoughts. So now you have an understanding of, of what an action trigger is, how one thought will trigger the next thought and so on. But also at the same time to recognise that, that they aren't really aware what a good decision and a bad decision is. It's just a pattern that will always repeat itself. We can start to become aware of, are my action triggers moving me towards you know that place that I want to go towards or is it taking me away from? And ideally, we can start to plan some new action triggers in certain moments, you know, so that we can be more successful with it. So let's say, you know, let's go back to the workplace situation that I talked about before. You know, you get to work, you turn on the computer, you you go make a coffee, you sit down, you check your emails. Well, what you could do is, you know, you look at your action plan and you go, okay, well, really, in that first period of my day, I waste half an hour before I actually start getting any work done. That's actually not productive for me and my job. If I got extra half an hour work done, you know, I I say I'm so stressed at work, but I kill half an hour just by mucking around. Why don't I set an action trigger up so that once I turn the computer on, I'm more productive straight away? So you might say, when I turn the computer on at work, the first thing I do is then call a client. That is your first train of thought. Then once you've called a client, what's the next pattern on the line that you can do that's going to take you towards a place that is going to make you more productive of work? If that's your goal, maybe you don't want to be productive at work, hopefully you do, but but you can see where I'm going with this, that before you go to work, you install the action trigger of the behavior that's going to move you towards the thing that you want. So instead of killing half an hour by just doing, you know, mindless stuff, you can actually be productive from the moment you get to work, which, you know, at the end of the day, if you're more productive at work, there's going to be more success at work, so that's a good thing. And that's what we want to start looking at doing, is we want to start looking at our day and our behaviours and thinking of, you know, that 3,000 thoughts, which we don't know if that's true or not, but thinking of those 3,000 thoughts and identifying where this pattern of thinking is actually moving me away from where I want to be. And that's going to lead me into kind of my second thought today. So I suppose the first point I'm introducing is the concept of thoughts are patterns that tend to just go A, B, and C, and that they don't they don't distinguish between what is good and bad in your life. They just happen. And that now that we have this awareness around this, we can actually look at our life and go, okay, well that set of thoughts move is moving me away from what I want to be as a person. And what Peter's study, Peter um, Gilwitz's study, is saying is that. If we can do some pre-planning before the moment where the thoughts pattern starts to start, then we can be successful in changing those patterns and putting better triggers in place so that we end up with better behaviours. And this is where I want to go into the concept of crucial moments planning, crucial moments in your day. And and, and I I suppose when you think about your day... You know, if we go back to most of our patterns, most of our days, just the stuff we did yesterday, it's, you know, 3,000 thoughts and, and most of them are just the same. If we go back to that, when you think about your day, you probably have a handful at max of tough moments where you have to make really good decisions for yourself. Your crucial moments where you have to make good decisions. I'll, I'll talk to myself here because obviously it's easy for me to do that. But you know, for me, I, I, I may you know I may have a training you know around my training. I may have a, a session that I have to do that's, you know where I want to go to a higher intensity. I may have um, some eating struggles. You know, like for me, I've talked about in the past, sugar is my weakness. So for me, you know, trying to have discipline around a healthy amount of sugar is. Um, or sweet things is, is you know will be a struggle um, for me sometimes it can be procrastination with my computer so you know in my day if I wake up in the morning and I think about my day and my thought kind of period I really try to think of in today 
What are the crucial moments that I need to be aware of to make me successful in this day? Now, sometimes it'll be a, a big event. It may be something that you've worked towards that's really huge and that's a significant event today. But I really think that most days present you with two or three opportunities that where you, you can make good decisions that are going to move you towards the place you want to go or you can just fall on all bad habits which are moving you away from the place that you want to go. And I think that if we go back to Peter's study about, you know, if you plan, you go, you know, there's a 50% increase in, you know, in success in their study. But if you can actually plan your action triggers in place for these crucial moments, there's a much higher chance that you're going to be successful in those moments. So, so I suppose I'll share what I do in these situations. Like, the first thing I do is when I get up in the morning, and last month I talked about affirmations, so I have my affirmations book and my goal book, and I, and I start to read through that. And then the next thing I do is, is I do a visualization process of my day. And and I will do a show on visualization because I would like to teach you um, some more advanced techniques on how to, you know, we all kind of understand visualization, but there are some, some techniques that we can use to make it more successful, but that's for a later date. But for now, you know, I, I do sit down and I kind of visualize my day. And, and when I visualize my day, I'm not visualizing every moment of the day because, you know, most of my day is repeat patterns, and, and a lot of my patterns I'm really happy with, so why would I bother focusing on improving my pattern around my piano practice when I'm actually pretty happy with the way that's working? And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for those two or three key moments which I think will have the biggest impact on me moving forward in my day in the direction that I want to be going in. You know, those crucial moments. And these can be moments where you normally are weak. So these can be, you know, your real weak moments where you just seem to always have the wrong pattern of behaviors in place. Or it can be a moment where you're already strong, but you're just trying to go to the next level. Or it can be any moment, just the moments that you see in your day and you go, wow, this is a real crucial moment for me. When you think about that crucial moment, you need to start thinking about what are the action triggers? What are the set of thoughts that happen in that moment? So go back to my work example I did earlier. I go to work, I turn on the computer, I go get coffee straight away, I then go check my email, um, check my favorite websites. So you look at the action trigger that you already have in place or the, you know, that thought pattern that you already have in place in that moment. And then what you do is you predetermine better actions to have in place from, um, action, from thought A to thought B to thought C. So again, we'll go back to the example I used before. You turn on the coffee, the first thing you do is you ring a client. As soon as you put down the phone, you pick up your pen and you write something about what you need to do for that client to make that transaction successful. Once you put down that pen, then you go and you open up a program that you know is really productive and you close down all the other programs on your on your desktop or your screen so you have no distractions that when you are working and so on. You kind of see where I'm going for this. So in the morning when you're doing your crucial crucial moment planning, you're trying to install action triggers that are going to move you towards the direction you want to go in. Now this show is called Fitness Behavior, so I suppose I'll, I'll look at it as a fitness type of thing. Let's look at exercise. Let's say for, let's, I'll talk to two people. I'll talk to the person who doesn't exercise at all, and then I'll talk to the regular exerciser. For the person who doesn't exercise in the morning, or at all, Look at the times when you go towards exercise and look at the thoughts that you have that hold you back in that moment. So you may wake up in the morning, you think, okay, I want to exercise at 10 o'clock. And normally at 10 o'clock comes along, you may sit down and turn on the TV first of all. 
Now, sitting down and turning on TV is not moving you towards exercise. Then once you sit down, you might think, oh, I might just get a snack, and then I'll go for my walk after that. But then once you get a snack, you sit down, and you start thinking of the next thought that's moving you away from the action that you want to do. So what you could do instead is at 10 o'clock, you look at the clock, and the first thing you think to do is, I'm going to grab my shoes. I'm going to put my shoes on. Then the next thing I'm going to do is get my watch ready so when I can walk out the door. The next, once you put your watch on, the next thought you're going to be doing is going to be walking out the door. Then the next thought you're going to be doing is just get moving around the block. Something like that. Like, you know, I don't know if that's the perfect solution for the, the line of thoughts that we're talking about here, but that's what you're looking at doing is in those crucial moments in your day where you normally have weakness. You're setting up a chain of actions that are going to move you towards the, the thing that you want to be doing. For the more advanced exercises, for people who actually regularly exercise, it's more about intensity. You know, like for someone like myself, like today I'm planning to go for a run at 11 a.m. And I know I'm going to be able to get out the door and go for a run because if anything, my, my 3,000 thoughts have taught me how to you know, get my shoes on, get my watch ready, get my iPod ready, have my favourite music ready to rumble as soon as I walk out the door. For me, is that crucial moment is when I need to pick up intensity in my run. Because if you think about action triggers, it also works out in intensity and training. Often people stop getting results from fitness because they just train at the same level all the same time and never really challenge their body to adapt to a new level. So for me, the challenge in today's run is I'm going to set some interval times. I'm going to do a 10-minute warm-up. I'm going to do 20 minutes good pace, 10 minutes off, 20 minutes good pace, 10 minutes off. It's going to be about an hour altogether. Now, my warm-up will be sweet, but the crucial moment for me in today's run is to sit at about a 15% harder intensity than what I would normally run at. So what is going to be the action triggers that is going to help me achieve that at that time? Well, with the iPhone, I love the iPhone, and it's really great to run with. Well, it's, it's a bit of a handful, but it's, it's, it's a good device because some of the technology that's with it. So they have um, the first thing I, I'm going to do is my action trigger will be okay. Well, I'm get running, so that's okay. That's in my easy thoughts. I'm going to have a timer that goes off at ten minutes, letting me know that it's time to start picking up the intensity. The next action trigger I will do is put on my favourite song, a song that really lifts me. And I've just bought a new album the other day, which I'm really enjoying. So I'm going to put on that song right then. And then at the same time, I'm going to use some visualization and focus on my technique when I'm running so I can maintain that intensity. I'm also going to have my phone, because luckily I've got this really cool app called um, Run Meter, I think it's called, and it can talk to you in your ears telling you how fast you're going. So I'm going to get every five minutes, I'm just going to get it to give me an indication of my speed so it gives me an idea of how well I'm doing in this time. What I'm doing there is I'm setting up that crucial moment to actually run faster. Now, if I just went out for a run, I'd probably just run how I always ran. But by setting some action triggers in plan for those crucial moments in training, I'm able to go out there and achieve a much higher intensity or level of running, which is going to equal better results for me physically. And that's ultimately what we want to be doing with this information. Because we want to be looking at our day, and, and I'll take it all step, you know, steps back to the start, that we want to be looking at our day and going, when are the crucial moments in my day? What are the, the chain of thoughts that I have normally in those moments? I turn the computer on, I go to the you know, coffee, I, I look at my internet websites. Are those thoughts moving me towards the person that I want to be? 
you know, in the work run, I want to be a better worker, I want to be more productive. You know, losing half an hour by doing those things, is that actually moving you towards where you want to go or away from where you want to go? If they are moving you away from where you want to go, what action triggers are better triggers to have in place to make sure that I'm going to be moving in the direction that I want to go? And this is where you do your pre-planning and you create new action triggers. Now, the good thing is, what's really, the good news is, is that at first, it's going to be a bit of a conscious effort and it will seem like a bit of a mental challenge. It's something that you have to program in place so that, you know, it works ongoing. But after a while, you train your mind to think that way all the time. That, you know, when you turn up to work, suddenly three weeks from now, if you've planned these crucial moments planning, the first thing you'll do is turn on your computer and you'll instantly think, oh, I need to ring a client. And so those good behaviors no longer become such a mental struggle because the action trigger just knows that my next action trigger will be this next thing. Thought A represents thought B, which then goes on to thought C. And so you're consciously choosing to put good thought actions in place that you're going to be, so you're going to be living the behaviors that work for you on your day. So, so I suppose what's your homework, you know, how, how do you implement this in your life? And uh, I think the first thing you do is, is spend a couple of days just being aware of your action triggers, being aware of your thought A, your thought B, and your thought C in, in all situations. And, and, and over the next few days, just think to yourself, well, there's, there's this chain of thoughts. Does this pattern of thoughts move me to where, to where I want to go? And then the more you become aware of this, the more you can figure out the moments in your day. Because you know what? I imagine most of your day you're doing good thoughts. You know, like you know, getting up and brushing your teeth and all that stuff is good stuff. So you don't need to change that. But if you can find those crucial moments, those key moments in your day, and then predetermine some action triggers to go to alongside those, you're going to find that you're installing strong habits that are going to move you into a place where you're going to be happy with yourself or with your behaviours more and you'll get better rewards from those behaviours. This is a skill. This is like riding your bike. This is something that you're just going to have to practice. And uh, I find it works best if I do it in the morning, first thing, before I get out of bed. It's the first thing I do in the morning. I wake up, I do my affirmations, I do my visualisation, and then I just sit there and I just look for those crucial moments in my day. And And I find through experience that I've really, I get, I probably have two or three moments a day where I think these are going to be the challenging moments. And then, you know, my 3,000 other thoughts that happen in my day, that I'm pretty happy with most of those. And so plan your time and practice and practice and practice. And the more you practice this stuff, the more you'll be able to move towards behaviors that give you the results that you want in your life. I know it will seem a little bit challenging at first, but I really believe if you stick at this, you're going to create more and more good behaviors, but you're going to create a better version of you. So that's uh, pretty much uh, the episode of Fitness Behaviour that you can listen to. Now again, if you want to get the show, you can go to iTunes and just look up Fitness Behaviour by Bevan James Isles, or you can check out my website, bevanjamesisles.com. One thing I do do with Fitness Behaviour is I actually create workbook, just PDF workbooks that you you know are based on the show and get you to do some reflective thinking and some planning and, and all around that. So if you want to get the workbook, I've put a link to it. It costs $3 US, so it's bugger all. And uh, you basically, you can download it from a link that I'll put on www.imtalk.com me this week so it's good without john here t- today i have to actually do the sponsors by myself so i'm just going to pull up the websites right now and i'm going to say 
talk first of all about coffees of Hawaii. Now, it's coming into that time of season for you guys in the in North America right now where you hit in winter. And let's be honest, nothing beats getting up in the morning or, or at lunchtime or, you know, getting that coffee in your day to really warm up the inside as you're going you know, to get the cold on the outside. So it's a good time to actually, re, you know, getting some good coffee and trying it out. And if you haven't tried coffees of Hawaii yet, and we know that so many of you guys do actually try coffees of Hawaii, but remember that we always have a discount code I am talk and uh, you put that in when you check out and it'll give you a discount for the purchase that you've just made right then. But other things they have is they have things like recurring delivery. So over a period of time, you might discover that, you know, the order of coffee that you get tends to last you around two months. Two months, So you can order that and you get a recurring delivery happening so that every two months, just in your mail, your coffee turns up. And it's kind of, you know, because most mail is just bills, to be honest. <laughs> so it'd be quite nice to actually open your mail and, whoa, there's some more coffee from Coffees of Hawaii. So the feedback we get from you guys is that this stuff is high quality. The customer service is amazing. It's coming into winter for you people in North America and the UK and places like that. So get in, get some coffee in, and uh, you will have you will not regret it. That's my my wise piece of advice for you. The next company we want to talk about is Xendurance.com, Extreme Endurance. And one thing they're looking at doing um wait a second, I'm trying to pull up their website right now. One thing the one thing I've actually I had to do a pause there, but I'm back, I'm back. And one thing they're looking at doing with endurance is X Endurance is actually going to be introducing a drink next uh, year. I think they've got the drink in some parts of the world, but looking out for that because, again, I imagine I don't know much about it, so I can't talk much about it, but I imagine they'll be looking to improve your sports results through this kind of drink. So they'll, they'll give us more detail as time goes on. We may even get Sandy on the show to talk about it because it'd be really great. But, you know, the, the products like supplements, some people are kind of really into them. Some people are a bit skeptical and stuff and that. But if you are the kind of person who will tend to be a bit skeptical, and I have to admit, I am one of those people, and you like to know the, the geeky side, and admittedly, I'm not the geeky side so much, but if you do want to actually check out what they're doing, they've actually go to their website, xendurance.com, and on the front page, they've got this uh, header, Proven Science, and then they show a study that it's been done on X-Endurance which shows about how it's improved the performance of some ten, some athletes over a certain period of time. And it's it's got it's an EE clinical protocol and summary, and it's actually got the whole study there. And you can download that as a PDF, and you can have a read of how they went about the process of the study, what was the methods, what's the conclusion, what's the result of the um, study that was done. So, you know, for those people out there who have kind of been listening for a while, feeling a little bit skeptical about the whole endurance, um, ex endurance. You know, check it out because, you know, the feedback we get from the listeners and, you know, you guys is that it, it really, really does help. So go to xendurance.com to check out the great supplement. And lastly, I'm going to talk about athlinks.com. So athlinks.com is the place where you put all your results for tracking your, your athletic achievements and stuff. And John and I were talking about this last week and I remember they came on board to the show about a year afterwards. We're coming up six years. So these guys have been with us. For nearly five years, which is crazy. And I remember at that time they only had, well, only, they had around, oh, I think they had a couple, a few million results, but they're up to 84 million race results around the world. And it's with over 232,000 different races. So, you know, it's just, it's just such a mass amount of content, which has got lots of results and stuff in there. And I think it's one of those things, because you know what? 
it's funny, like it was, it's something that I wish I'd done more of as I kept track of my athletic career is that now that I'm not so much of an athlete as what I was in the past, I didn't keep track of my results and stuff so well. And looking back, things like athletics, you know, is such an important tool in, in doing that. And it's just one of those things where if you got home, you get home from your race, you quickly upload the race, and then it's there forever. And you'll have to look back and you actually remember your results really clearly and stuff like that. One other thing you can do on Athlinks is you can check out who are people in your area. If you've got, you know, you're looking for some training buddies and you can kind of get an idea of someone's ability. So if you go into your local area and you can click on an athlete and you can go see what well, this person's done, you know, in 11 hour Ironman, you know, and it looks like they're spiking, running similar splits to me. Maybe I can get in contact and see if they're a training partner. So, you know, it's just a great resource for athletes out there. So if you're not on there already, get on there and check it out. I'm going to see there you go. I'm looking at Annette Lee right there and she did the Auckland Marathon and 306 poor it's smoking in it oh nice work so there you go so athlinks.com check it out righto team well that's uh pretty much this week's show and uh next week i'll be doing the same thing i'll be putting a show out for another one of my fitness behavior podcasts and um and then it's better but it's actually the day book two days before christmas right now i'm doing this on friday the 23rd of december so i'm hoping christmas day was amazing and um i'm hoping you guys have got a big new year's planned i'm actually heading down to wanaka which is where obviously challenge wanaka is and uh, Porno and I and a few of his friends are going camping and Joe and I bought our new tent so it's all very exciting and we've done the same thing for the last couple of years and it's uh, it's quite a fun well, fun week camping but uh, New Year's is often really fun and it's good because my partner Joe she's not a big drinker she doesn't drink a lot she doesn't really drink much at all and, and if she does she's very controlled she's probably one of the most controlled people I have ever met like if you get the chocolate biscuits, you know when you, you get chocolate biscuits in your cupboard, I'm the kind of person who has no control, so my strategy is just don't have them around. But with Joe, she can have chocolate biscuits and have a bite a day for six weeks and the, you know, they'll last forever. And when it comes to drinking, she's very similar. She'll have a glass of wine or she'll have a couple of glasses of wine, but it's probably only once or twice a year that she probably gets a little bit drunk on it. And New Year's is one of those nights and it's it's she's really, really, really fun when she's drunk. So I'm, you know... Who knows? I, just, I don't want to encourage her getting smashed, but um, it'll be an interesting night. I'll, I'll tell you all about it when I get back from my trip to Wanaka in the new year. So, anyway, I think I'll wrap up the show. This uh, this week's show. So uh, here we go. I am Russ. I am in. Don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.